0: Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Glad you've tuned in today. It's everyone Wednesday, the final Wednesday, Wednesday of the month of April, and we have an outstanding resource to share with you today. I'm going to give you the phone number now. Uh, Guests won't be joining me for another half hour or so, but Robert Wolgamuth is going to join me today for a discussion about a brand new book he has written about the end of your life. I mean... (laughs) I don't know how else to describe this. It's, Robert is the author of 20 books. He is a, just a, a champion for the family, for relationship building, for biblical truth. Um, he's a graduate of Taylor University and also has an honorary doctorate from there as well. He has two grown daughters who are both married, his five grandchildren and a grandson-in-law and a great-grandson. Um, he has a fabulous love story with his wife, Nancy uh, DeMoss, Nancy Lee DeMoss was uh, single for a long time. She's part of the relatively famous DeMoss family and started a ministry for women. And Robert was married to a wonderful wife, Bobby, uh, for many years. And Bobby died of cancer, what, 10 years ago, something like that, maybe longer than that. And Robert didn't know that Bobby, uh, his wife, they knew Nancy. She'd been a friend for a long time. And, and she, as she was dying, she knew that Robert would need a companion. And she prayed, Lord, I hope that Robert and Nancy fall in love and get married. And they have. And <laughs> they have a wonderful love story. So uh, great prolific authors, writers, speakers. Bob's book, Robert's book, is called Finish Line. Dispelling fear, finding peace, and preparing for the end of your life. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Personally, I share this with you for a couple different reasons. First reason is we are close to the anniversary of uh, one of my oldest and dearest friends, graduation into heaven last year at this time, my friend, Gary Robinson, who died of cancer at the tender age of 66. Um, I'm reminded of the losses that I've experienced in my life. Um, It was a really tough year for our family last year within about a 12 month period. um, My kids lost their mother. I lost my physician, Dr. John Chang, who was murdered um, in a church. Uh, you remember that church uh, shooting that happened in the church in Laguna Woods, uh, part of a, 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 an Asian Baptist church? Korean, I believe, that uh, uh, or Chinese Baptist church, that uh, um, they were having a guest speaker in town, and a guy drove from Las Vegas and came to shoot up the entire church, and Dr. Chang rushed toward him. And, um, and was able to knock the gun out of his hand but not before he took three rounds in the chest and he literally laid down his life for his mother and all the other members of their congregation and to have that happen in about a nine-month period was just it was a lot for me in terms of focusing on what you know end of life issues are at the same time though there are some end of life issues that we all deal with and you you're going through your own stuff too i'm just sharing my stuff here because i have a microphone (laughs) that's the nature of our relationship here i talk and you listen and and you call in and win stuff and we have conversation and it's great but um as my parents have moved into you know the uh, final laps my daughter kaylee likes to say that they've basically entered the stadium in the uh, uh in the marathon and they're taking their final lap and we don't know how long it takes to run that lap their 90th birthdays are coming up in june and um it's going to be a really wonderful, peaceful, beautiful time. But at the same time, we've been living this. And I know a lot of bottom line listeners would fall in that category. I'm 61. So, you know, I mean, I, uh, there are a lot of us that are in that demographic where our moms and dads are getting to be that age. In some cases, it's our kids that are getting to be, you know, old enough to where you have to plan that service and it's just no fun. But for Christians, what do we look at? What's the benchmark? You know, in the world, people live temporally and it's all about the right now i want to live i don't want to die i don't want anybody else to die therefore i don't like guns because sometimes people use guns and die Uh, i don't you know but if everything is temporal the question shouldn't be am i going to die or i don't want people to die but rather how am i living right now and what comes after i die and you know I noticed this early on in my pastoral ministry days when I was the intern guy, even though I was in my late forties, early fifties, I had a lot of assisting duties. I was the guy who got there early and left late after setting up the church for the sanctuary for worship services and, you know, made the trek back and forth between two campuses. And if there was a midweek memorial service or a funeral, I was if I had the time, if I had the capacity, I was there helping out, running the PowerPoint, you know, doing whatever it needed to be done. But I noticed something at memorial services and funeral services, and that was that they were tremendous opportunities to share the gospel. Now you might be wondering, well, gosh, Roger, that's weird. Why would you think of like, you know, handing out a track and the four spiritual laws and praying the sinner's prayer with someone at a funeral? Well, let me tell you. And this is why I'm a big advocate for churches using this as an evangelistic opportunity for openers. There's a lot of pretense that gets dropped at a funeral. You know, you can go to a wedding and you can try to look your best and act your best and not get along with everybody there. And maybe you're there to be seen and, you know, that type of thing. But at a funeral, there's a finality here. I guess I realized at a wedding, there could be one too, especially if you were in a dating relationship with either the bride or groom and they're marrying somebody else. There's a finality there, right? But when it comes to memorial service, funeral service, there's a finality. That person is no longer here and is not coming back here. So then you have to wrestle with, well, where are they? And what about the grief? And sometimes we get it all mixed up. Sometimes we start crying because that person's gone thinking, oh, that poor person, they wouldn't want to be gone. Well, maybe they do. I mean, look at the life of an innocent child take a look at i still think of a member of our church for many years cal bn was his name cal was worked in the entertainment industry for a number of years he was a publicist and a manager and stuff like that never buried swinging bachelor that kind of guy finally hit his late 60s early 70s moved to laguna woods village and realized his life was kind of shallow started coming to church all of a sudden the holy spirit got a hold of him and man he was at church every sunday he was at bible studies and senior day out and he lived the last 20 years of his life with the joy of the lord in his heart when he died he had a niece and a nephew i think but he didn't have any immediate family he left his entire fortune to the church and it was a good size estate i never once thought of cal in the final days of his life and thought oh poor cal i bet he wishes he was still here i mean he was in his early 90s he had trouble with balance His speech wasn't that great. There were a couple Sundays where he didn't come to church because he had a bruise on his forehead because he fell or something like that. It happens when your body breaks down. Do you know of anybody who's in a state of disrepair in their body that says, I wish I could just live like this for five more years? I mean, no, (laughs) absolutely not. We should be happy when someone who knows Christ, who's got that part of their affairs in order is able to literally cross the finish line and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And I think we can, we can understand it a lot better when it happens to our grandparents or our great grandparents. But what happens when it happens to kids? What about that, that child you hear about, eight years old, nine years old, 10, 15 years of age? And all of a sudden it's, wow, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem fair. What about that coworker? of yours who had to take a week off because they were helping a child battling cancer and all of a sudden, it didn't happen. Our church's school has a memorial bench, I think, that's dedicated to the life of a little boy who had uh, leukemia during the COVID pandemic and the combination of the two, his life was cut very short. Now that's hard. That's really hard. That's the go home and hug your kids and grad kids hard, right? Whenever we see a shooting, like at the, uh, the school in Nashville, Covenant Christian uh, School in Nashville, where three students and three faculty members, three, three adults and three children were shot and killed, it's kind of heartbreaking. It's really heartbreaking when you see that the White House has decided that the way to honor the memory of the six people who lost their lives in that shooting is to bring three lawmakers from the Tennessee state legislature to the White House because they were protesting for stricter gun violence laws and they were expelled. No word yet as to whether or not the Biden administration will actually invite the families of the children who were killed, or the families of the principal, or the lead custodian, or the substitute teacher. None there. You know, photo opportunity, why not go to Nashville, hold a special meeting? My thoughts and prayers are with you. This is a senseless tragedy. We're going to do everything we can to make sure that there are better safety measures, et cetera, et cetera. Instead, it's, hey, let's get with the Tennessee three because they're politicians and uh, we, we that, that'll help energize our base. No one remembers those people in Tennessee who got killed before. Well, as someone who served as, as a campus pastor at a Christian school, trust me they, the covenant shooting weighs heavily on my mind even a couple months after it happened. No one wants to see children die because we think of all the potential. We think of all the joys of this life that they might be missing out. And it's interesting because when you think about the number of kids who died, I mean, during the COVID pandemic, there was a huge hue and cry because something like 1.4 million kids tested positive for COVID and or maybe it's higher than that. Um, But then the number of kids who actually died with COVID in their system was less than a thousand. And granted, there are 77 million children age 17 and under in the United States. But kids do die. We know abortion is one of the leading causes of death. But in 2021, the number of kids under the age of five who died was about the same number as the population of Orange County and San Diego County combined. 4.8 million kids worldwide under the age of five died in 2021. So a writer by the name of Ken LaCorte on his Substack page did a, a report on this number and he said, well, 4.8 million child deaths last year sounds bad but would you believe it's actually good news and the world is in fact getting better it got my attention and i think i can keep yours with it on the other side of this break because i agree with them we'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229 or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100. It all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com. Hit the preborn banner right now. Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. We're talking about life and death. And if the world is getting better, by the way, coming up in about 15 minutes, Robert Wolgamuth is going to join me. We're going to talk about his brand new book called Finish Line, Dispelling Fear, Finding Peace, and Preparing for the End of Your Life. We've got a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Leading up to that is a story that was reported by a guy called Ken LaCorte. I'm not familiar with his work until this uh he says i write about censorship, media manipulation and honest insight for people who are curious about how the world works and apparently apparently there are 33,000 people who subscribe to him on substack so for whatever it's worth that's what you'll find up at thebottomlineshow.com but ken has an article called the world is getting better and here's why 4.8 million child deaths last year is actually good news He acknowledges at the beginning of the article, at first glance, it sometimes seems as if the world is falling apart. We've got natural disasters, wars, education problems, increasing poverty, overpopulation, and many more problems. But what if I told you that the world is actually doing better? In fact, a lot better. Would you believe him? Well, he starts out by saying, Let's think at, look at one of the most horrible things imaginable, and that is the death of a child. In 2021, 4.8 million kids under the age of five died. They died in mostly poorer countries, and they died due to preventable reasons. That is horrific. Now, I'm going to add a little something. Well, I'll do that later uh, with regard to that total because I think that it probably needs a bit of an upgrade I'll give you that but in the meantime let's continue with Ken Lacourt's article he says 4.8 million deaths in poor, mostly in poorer countries and primarily due to preventable reasons is horrific but it also means that the world is actually getting better why is it getting better you ask? Well, he says, despite news headlines, the world is actually an immensely better place. And there's a video that he posts where he talks about, you know, how the world is getting better. But here's the main statistic that jumped out. In 2021, 4.8 million children under the age of five died of mostly preventable causes and mostly in poorer countries. But in 1950, the number of children who died Age 5 and under was 19.8 million. Now, let's get a little perspective here, shall we? If you compare uh, 19.8 million to 4.8 million, you find out that that's a decline um, of about 80%. But let's take something else into consideration as well. You can see where the proportions are in 2015 the world population was around 7.3 billion by 2020 most analysts expect that it hit the 8 billion mark in that world but in 1950 the world's population was 2.5 billion so now let's have some fun with numbers shall we let's take let's see uh, 19 million 800,000 and we'll divide it by 2.5 billion let's see there we go and that equals one two that means that about the uh, 0.8 percent of the population died now when you take 4.8 billion million and you divide it by or 8 billion you see proportionally not only did the death rate among kids go down dramatically but also the percentage of the population that passed away from preventable illnesses and things of that nature also went down the video is up at thebottomlineshow.com and i encourage you to take a look at it because it's just four minutes that says look the world is actually an immensely better place so the question is, why do we feel like everything is in shambles? Why does it seem like every night on the nightly news, we're getting, quote unquote, the bad news? Well, Ken Lacourt surmises that same thing that we all do. This is a guy who's a media, a media uh, commentator. And he said, the reality is, here's why. It seems like the world is in shambles, because the media thrives on it. The media thrives on serving as a constant diet of misery, fear, and drama. Basically, it's what we click and it's what we share. Now admit it. When you were in school, elementary school, middle school, high school, if something good happened to somebody, what happened? Hey guys, guess what? I got straight A's. Hey, I made an honor roll. What'd your friends do? They teased you about it, right? Oh, look at Mr. Goody Two-Shoes there. Straight A. So, huh? boy, that must be wonderful. Look at my smart friend. No one wanted you to be smart unless you were going to help them with their homework, right? But what really got people going? I'll never forget being in the fifth grade. And a couple friends of mine brought a pack of cigarettes to school. Ooh, remember this is the late 60s, early 70s. Pack of cigarettes. And they went in the bathroom. Ooh, and they were going to light them and smoke them. And what made it so shocking when they got caught was that it was three boys and a girl. Matter of fact, she was the one who brought it. Well, you could not get a word in edgewise with anybody else in the fifth grade because all we talked about all day was, hey, did you hear that Mary and those guys got busted? Oh my gosh, they're gonna get suspended. They're gonna get thrown out of school. Oh my God, that's all we did was talk. No, all we did was gossip because it was bad news. The media has a saying if it bleeds it leads our top story tonight somebody died in an explosion somebody died in a plane crash somebody lost their kid uh somebody lost a zillion dollars bad news bad news bad news sells that's our nature why because we're sinful fallen people and we're drawn to sinful fallen behavior that's why, why do you think we devote at least 20% of our broadcast week here on the Bottom Line Show to good news? Good News Friday, we, the entire Friday program plus lots of other stories during the course of the week. It's not just to kind of turn your frown upside down and your scars and the stars and stuff like that. We're not just trying to pretend that bad news isn't happening, but if we spend too much time focusing on bad news, well we'll dwell there and eventually we'll forget that the good news of the gospel is that jesus christ came in the form of a baby fully god and fully man and paid the penalty for our sin on the cross paid that penalty so that our sin could be paid in full and that we could have everlasting life with our heavenly father knowing that we have sinned against him and knowing that we have uh, every right to be sentenced to eternal torment so 4.8 million child deaths is actually good news compared to 19 million child deaths almost 20 million 60 70 years ago but there's one statistic that we have to look square in the eye That is of greater importance than this one good news story. And it has to do with the real child mortality rate in the world today. We'll talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to this, everyone, Wednesday edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and we're taking a look at the importance of understanding uh, what happens when we take a look at a statistic or we take a look at the world around us and how easy it is for us to fall into the pattern of saying things are horrible when they're really not so bad after all. Uh, And it's really just a question of, uh, you know, the old analogy of what happens if you take eight blind guys and put them around an elephant and ask them to describe what they see. And uh, they'll be touching and smelling and, you know, listening and this, that, and the other thing. And each of them will get a different uh, estimation, uh, report, if you will, of what the elephant, quote unquote, looks like to them based on where they're standing next to the elephant. And that's a a, a message that we in the body of Christ need to really take to heart. My exhortation for us in the church today is that we take a look at the whole story, that we do analysis, balance, and clarity, which leads to discernment, edification, and then greater faithfulness. Um, the story in question, a report from a, a writer by the name of Daniel Laporte, who uh, actually had the audacity, as it were, to uh, uh, to suggest that the world is getting better, or excuse me, Ken uh, it suggests that the world is getting better in spite of the fact that the birth rate uh, or the, excuse me, the death rate for children under the age of five was 4.8 million in 2021. Uh, he says that's mostly in poorer countries. It's due to preventable, preventable reasons, you know, clean water, that type of stuff. And it's, and it's really horrific. However, though, the world population is over 8 billion people. In 1950, When the world population was 2.5 billion people, the number of children who died from preventable illness was basically 19.8 million. So you've seen an 80% decline in the number of kids actually physically dying, but then you've seen a huge uptick in the actual world population, so proportionally things are getting better, right? Well, here's the one fly in the ointment that we in the church can't overlook, and that is. The fact that the number of children under the age of five who dies does not take into consideration the number of children who are aborted every year worldwide and while the united states has a couple of million kids every year who are are aborted and nearly 65 million that we know of since the passage of roe versus wade which has since been overturned the abortion rate worldwide last year estimated at 46 million We get concerned about one or two million kids here in the U.S., as rightfully we should, but 46 million children were aborted last year. It's the leading cause of death. So when you look at the deaths that are counted and the fact that the world does not take the preborn child into consideration as a human being, it shows you where we are. But let's face it, God is definitely raising up the wheat and the tares together and then we'll harvest them and separate them and we being the wheat in the analogy and the world being the tares that can look just like the wheat, but isn't necessarily wheat, those bearded Darnells that look like wheat, um, will be taken off and burned in the fire. So don't be surprised when you see more evil showing up, but do be pleasantly uh, rejoicing over the fact that more and more believers, true believers, are rising up in the midst of the darkening world as well. The good news about child mortality is that the rate is going down until you take abortion into consideration. And that's why those gifts to pre are so very important. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. Your $28 one-time donation saves at least one baby's life and possibly the soul of his or her mother as well. We'll take a quick break and as we continue here on this Everyone Wednesday, we're going to talk about the fact that mortality is a fact of life. Everyone has to face it. But how do you approach the finish line as a Christian? Uh, author Robert Wilgamuth has a great thought for us in his brand new book called Finish Line, Dispelling Fear, Finding Peace, and Preparing for the End of Your Life. There's a link for the book up at TheBottomLineShow.com, and we're giving away three copies of this book today here on Everyone Wednesday. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line.
1: Don't believe your insurance company is looking out for you. They're not. They want you to call them after you're in an accident, but you shouldn't handle that alone. That's where Stephanie Cover of Cover Law shines. With 20 years of insurance industry experience, she knows all the angles and will fight for your rights. Insurance companies pretend to be your partner, but in reality their primary goal is to pay you as little as possible. When you work with Cover Law, Stephanie becomes your negotiator, and the insurance companies must talk to her, not you you need to rest and heal. Stephanie is different from other attorneys. She's fully invested in your legal, medical, financial, emotional, and spiritual needs. After an accident, you don't want to deal with insurance adjusters who want to minimize your payout. So don't wait. Contact Cape Bright's personal injury attorney today at capewrightradiocom slash coverlaw. You won't pay a dime to talk to someone who truly cares about your healing.
0: Special guest joining us today here on Autumn Line Show for a very important topic. And I, I'm just going to warn you right up front, if you don't like talking about the end of the line, the finish line, whatever you want to call it, I think you're going to have a different opinion after you hear my conversation today with Robert Wolgamuth. He has a brand new book out that's called Finish Line dispelling fear, finding peace, and preparing for the end of your life. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And if you're with us on myhopenow.com as well, you get a chance to not only hear but see Robert Wolgamuth in action. Robert, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show.
2: Thank you, Roger. How fun to be on the program and see your face. Yes,
0: likewise, likewise. Robert Wolgamuth is a graduate from Taylor University. He also has an honorary doctorate from there. Uh, The father of two grown daughters, two sons-in-law, five grandchildren, one grandson-in-law, a great-grandson named... Ezra, did I get all the family in there? Plus, I, can, Unbelievable.
2: I can't- Unbelievable. <laughs> My family tree, there you are. <laughs> it well is. Done. And
0: and then, of course, with Bobby, you know, the wonderful legacy you guys have, and now your wonderful love story with Nancy. Uh, it's just, it's it's really, you have, I don't want to say a charmed life, Robert Wilgumuth, but it certainly is a highly blessed and favored life.
2: Oh, sure. it's so true. It is absolutely so true. I know it. I know it every day. Thank you.
0: Now, you have, obviously, you're a champion for family issues, and you've been in the publishing business for nearly 40 years. This new book, though, is kind of a bit of a departure, and I'm curious as to what the motivation was other than just maybe things that might be going on in the Wolgamuth household. Talk about, uh, well, talk, about uh, talk about, finish line, the conversation you guys have been having. I'm recently.
2: getting older. I don't know if you are. I don't know if your listeners are. You see the gray? I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting older, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. And actually, uh, the book starts with my story, the detailed story about my late wife, Bobby, dying mm. in 2014. Yeah. Um, and then since that, As you mentioned, I married Nancy Lee DeMoss, and um, and then uh, during the COVID year, a year we hope that we can forget, Mm -hmm. I actually was diagnosed with two different cancers, unrelated Mm -hmm. to each other. So um, the the specter, the ultimate specter of my own death, was very real. Uh, Gratefully, I I had a doctor's appointment today with my oncologist, and. The news is really good. I am blessed. I'm grateful. I feel unworthy of all that. Mm. But so that that's the reason for it. Now, I did a book a couple of years ago called Gun Lap. For guys, in this case, men running the last lap of a long distance run around a track. Um, And it's about that book was about living and about doing your best with these important years. But this one is about the finish finish line. It's about dying. Mm hmm. And and uh, there's some stuff in there in this book that needs to be said and maybe some reminders that people need to hear. So uh, I and I actually enjoyed the process I had. Nancy will tell you my study, the floor of my study was covered with books about death. <laughs> <laughs> like, can we do something else now? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it is true. It it. And nobody listening to this doesn't know that the Scripture says that one of the appointments that you and I are going to have is our death. It's appointed yeah. to men and women once to die. Yeah. So since, that, since de- the death rate is 100%, I thought it would be really a good idea to address issues. And there's, I mean, hopefully the book is encouraging and joyful, but it's all, also very instructive about things that we need to do mm-hmm. for that day.
0: You know, it's interesting. Robert Wilgoth is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Finish Line, Dispelling Fear, Finding Peace, and Preparing for the End of Your Life. And we have a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com. I'm encouraged when I meet people these days who see how whacked out the world is. And just, you know, the, the values of some people are just bizarre. But seeing the church getting stronger and folks kind of come to the realization that maybe we in the Western church, especially have tried to create a Christian version of the world, as opposed to saying, Hey, wait a minute, we are all running this race with perseverance. We've got this great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. And one day we will cross the finish line. Maybe even the past five years, Robert, if you noticed more and more people facing that reality and saying, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize how focused I was on the here and now that I forgot about the not yet.
2: I think the, I think the pandemic sent us in that direction. Um, and you know, honestly, and I, this could be so unpolitically correct or would it be politically incorrect that I think a lot of the masking and all that stuff was simply a fear of dying and people not being ready. And so like almost overdoing it again, there may be some folks who've just tuned out and I apologize for that, but I think that there was an overreaction simply because people aren't ready to die. They're afraid to die. I think that's a
0: very fair and loving assessment from Robert Wolgamuth today here on The Bottom Line. Finish Line is the name of the book. We have the uh, uh, the link up at TheBottomLineShow.com. You have a chapter titled Finish Line Lines. I, I love that that phrasing. Talk about what you mean by that.
2: It, it sounds very clever. Okay, so, well, 30% of us will die suddenly. I I put in the book, for some men um the the their their final lines the final words they're going to speak the the lines right before they die die, die will be hey you guys watch this <laughs> yes especially for guys maybe not so much yeah. but men maybe mm-hmm. yeah 70% of us will have a longer exit ramp and so we'll have the luxury really of being with people this is one thing that the pandemic denied so many thousands of people but mm. hopefully that's a thing of the past but a chance to hear final words that people have to speak
0: yeah
2: so of course that chapter includes jesus final words it is finished but i i talk about other people like wc fields who was a renowned atheist they walked into his room allegedly and he was reading the bible and they said what in the world he said i'm looking for a loophole <laughs> so you know final mm. words from people who are about to die yeah told the story of my late wife, Bobby, I was with her when she died, the moment she mm, died. Mm. And she actually took me by the shirt, Roger, and she pulled my face in next to hers and she said, "I love you so much." And she closed her eyes and died in that moment. Hospice wow, wow. nurse was there. Wow, and my two daughters, Missy and Julie, were there. And I've spoken with doctor friends. Very, very, very few people have that kind of death experience. It's usually elongated, takes longer. This was in a moment. I mean, an hour before we were doing our daily Bible reading, she was asking questions. We were talking with her. She was totally conscious, totally lucid, and she just closed her eyes and died. Mm. So uh, her last words were that she loves me, which is a precious thing. And you yeah. may know that before she died, she told two friends that she wants me to marry Nancy Lee DeMoss.
0: It's mm. such tell a beautiful story.
2: Yeah. So they were friends, and Nancy had never been married, was 57 years old. And so that was one of the final things that that, that Bobby said. But I talk about last things that people say before they die, and that whole chapter is, includes some of the interesting ones, and in some cases, funny ones. Yeah. But you don't have a chance to rehearse it,
0: obviously. That's the beautiful thing about what happens. It's it's spontaneous. It's unscripted. It's It really yeah. is, you know... Uh, God speaking through the believers and for those right. who you know aren't, you know they're looking for loopholes. Uh, Robert Wilgamuth is my guest. Today here on the bottom line we're talking about his new book called Finish Line: dispelling Fear, Finding Peace and preparing for the End of your Life. We have a link for the book up at the You have a chapter that you devote to Temple care as you describe it, Robert, talk about uh, how that factors into these
2: uh, this finish line that uh, yeah. that we're all literally leaning towards striving toward. Well, right the scripture about talks about our bodies being temples, right? Temple yeah. of the Holy Spirit, uh, the the place where the 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 Holy Spirit lives. And I talk about two things. I talk about your house, and the temple. So in the in, in I talk about the house that is medically. Um, what do you do? In fact, I, I I I strongly encourage readers to have a doctor on speed dial. I'm uh-huh. seventy five years old. And I talk about my primary care doctor who has been unbelievable. He's the quarterback and he helps to manage all the health challenges that I face and anybody my age faces. Um, He lives close by here. He's an amazing guy and he helps me keep the house squared away. Yes. Um, But then there's a temple and, um, and I have a pastor who was my pastor when I lived in Orlando, David Swanson. Mm -hmm. He's the curator of the temple. I think I think it. I think it's, you need both. You need a pastor, a, a man who understands the word, embraces the gospel, loves Jesus, and can be can bring that to your life as you take care of the temple, the house, and the temple. Both of them are necessary.
0: You know, I, from a, the pastoral side of it, because no one would ever confuse me with a doctor. I mean, a medical doctor. But in terms of the, what you talked about in the the second aspect, that uh, conversation, there, Robert, it, it is amazing to me the people who when they have both of those uh temple care experts in pl- in place how much i don't want to say easier but how much simpler this this conversation is and this yeah. season is because there there aren't there's no guesswork there's no you know sometimes it might be for the children involved if there right. are adult children who might be especially those who might be estranged but there's nothing more beautiful than to see an md on one side and a you know pastor on the other side right. literally
2: helping this person to cross the finish line. It's just that exactly. beautiful. Right. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And that that's those are decisions that you and I need to make while we're alive, able to make them, of sound mind. So I yeah. talk about having pallbearers. Right? You've got a doctor. You've got a pastor. You have a financial planner. Right. Mm-hmm. And. Hang on, I'm missing the fourth one. I haven't read that chapter recently.
0: <laughs> I know, because you wrote this a year ago. I, 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 I totally did, get, I did. Right? I, yeah. I, I know a, doctor, the a pastor,
2: a financial planner, and a lawyer. There of you course, go. How could I forget? One mm. of my favorite lawyers is right there, a neighbor of yours. So, mm. okay. Yeah, for, for the details. I mean, again, here's, here's the goal. You never want your survivors to say, I wonder what he wanted here. Hmm. So the book helps you plan ahead for your funeral. Uh, and, and that may sound like over-programming to some people, but mm-hmm. it's not. I mean, if I you've know. if you had... Okay, so let's say it, one of the 30% where the, the death comes quickly and unplanned, and the family's gathered, the friends are there, and they're looking at each other saying, we have no idea what to do. We have no idea who this person wanted, like if for a speaker at the funeral, or where it should be located or where their body ought to be buried, all that stuff. So you you do this stuff in advance so your friends and family are never looking at each other saying, we have no idea what he wanted here. Right. So get get all that taken care of. It's not for you, of course. It's for the people who will will, will survive you.
0: Mm. And that's great counsel. Robert Wilgemuth is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The new book is called Finish Line dispelling fear finding peace and preparing for the end of your life we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com more of this conversation in just a moment as the bottom line continues continuing conversation today here on the bottom line i'm roger marsh along with robert wolkemuth the author of finish line dispelling fear finding peace and preparing for the end of your life we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com i should say two-time cancer survivor robert Wilgamuth, a man who helped his First wife, the lovely Bobby Wilgamuth, across the finish. I mean, you've got a lot of experience that I know, Robert. We talked about this before the program. You don't, you don't want to have, but you do. Right. And you so, I'm, <laughs> and I'm grateful. And then I'm sure your new bride, Nancy Lee uh, uh, Wilgamuth, is is sitting there watching you write this book, saying. Uh, honey, is there something you're trying to tell me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah, and and I'm 10 years older than she is. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I dedicate the book to her. It's such a sweet story, Roger, because she's never had a book dedicated to her. Really? But in the dedication, I thank her for marrying me ma- a man who's 10 years closer to the finish line than she is. Mm. So I'm a full 10 years older than she is. Mm-hmm. In fact, when we were dating, she said, look, if this doesn't work out with us, my mother is still available <laughs> because I'm closer in age to her mother than I am to her. Oh, my. Oh, my. Crazy? That's so I dedicate wild. the book to her because and this is this is proved to be true that I, I'm struggling with more health things than she is because sure. I'm 75 and she's 65. Sure. Let's disclose to the world how old my wife is. Mm. Well, you you just tell us you're 75 and you're 10 years older than her and it's up to them they to can figure, figure that. it out. There that way go. I can tell Nancy, I did not tell people. How
0: old <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I know I, my parents are we're going to have this conversation after we finish up. My mom and dad are both turning 90 in June and, t- and my dad's birthday is June 18th and my mom is nine days older, but I never tell anybody how old my mom is. I always tell them how old my
2: dad is and make them guess. Oh, uh, you're re- such a good boy. You just are out
0: of respect for her. Well, yeah. you know, let, well, let, let's let talk about this here because so one of the questions I wanted to ask you, and you address this in the book, Finish Line, is my sister was going through Ancestry.com, kind of plugging in all the stuff. And wow. we, we call it, my kids call it AuntLinda.com. She spent so much time on there. But she found out something about my dad's mother that right. we didn't know about. Uh, that she'd been married before when she was a teenager. It was a very quick marriage. It was kind of abusive. She had to get out of it. And when my sister came to my mom and dad and said, hey, mom, dad, um, I found out that uh, Grandma Marsh was uh, married again. And their only response was my mother looked at my father and said, I knew she'd be the one to figure that out. Isn't that an amazing story? She was married to my grandfather for 53 years. We had no idea that that had happened. But one, it, it, I felt you know a little cheated at first, and I thought, yeah. well, no, I'm glad she had a better marriage with my grandpa than yeah, the other right. guy. But but let's talk about the fact that there are some people who are holding on to things for whatever reason. And you have a chapter that says no more secrets. Talk about what you're referring to by that. Do you have to tell everything before you go, or what do you recommend?
2: Well, here's first of all, let's start with this: when you're dead, your people are going to go through your stuff. Yep and they're going to find and this is a, a, your story is a great example of that. So I tell the story in that chapter that probably most of your listeners know and I will not say his name but a well-known worldly renowned or world renowned apologist brilliant man a man who was a very good friend he was converted under my dad's ministry when he was 18 years old. Oh my. So we were very close I worked with him on, on all of his books. When he died, several weeks after he died, they began to, to discover things about his life that he had never disclosed. Huh. And, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. It's, it's when I heard the news about that, it's something I'll never forget. The moment when I discovered that this man who was so revered, I helped him with every book he published. Again, as I said, my daddy uh, led him to Christ and and here's the here's the deal when you die everybody's going to go through your stuff and my challenge in the book is t- to to do everything you can to have no surprises for your your survivors right right so live do everything you can to live at, like an open book um i tell the story of hiring two young men who came to work for my company and they're standing in they're actually my nephews they're standing in front of my desk and i looked down at the drawers in my desk and i turned around looked at my computer and i said you're going to come you're going to work for me and i want you to know there are no secrets i'm going to give you every password i have there's nothing that i have in here that you can't look through huh. now people say well what an admirable thing no actually it's the opposite i know how corrupt i am how broken i am but if i know that somebody's going to go through that someday i will i will double check i will i will be careful about everything that i do Knowing that someday this is going to be an open book. It's going to be disclosed to everyone. The scripture talks about that. Right, right. So um that the the in fact I I kind of joke about it. For some people, it's not funny. Your kids don't want your stuff. You know, we have good friends, we have a next door neighbor here who's got hundreds of little figurines and hummels and stuff. And your kids don't want your stuff. Right. So get rid of it. Take care of it. Make these decisions, as many of them as you can, before you're dead. And right. again, this isn't for you. This is for the people who love you, and you don't want them wringing their hands. I have a sister, one of my sisters, who has these amazing little um, crystal figurines. And her kids said, when you're gone, we're going to get one of those BFI dumpsters. We're going to put it in the driveway, and we're going to throw away everything. Oh, no. That sounds really cruel. Her children are amazing and wonderful and loving and godly. And we're kind of kidding her. But the truth is your kids don't want your stuff. Right. Don't don't hide. You know, everything, everything that you have have and have done will someday be disclosed. For starters, the Lord knows all of it. So let's start there. I mean, if we want somebody to really judge what we're doing, he already knows. But for the sake of your children and the story and and the account that I just disclosed to you, can you imagine being the wife or Uh. the children of this person who is revered around the world? And even you didn't know any of this stuff. Right. Don't put your family through that. Disclose it now. That's my encouragement. Robert
0: Wolgamuth is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is outstanding. Finish Line, Dispelling Fear, Finding Peace, and Preparing for the End of Your Life. We've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, Robert, we got 90 seconds left in our conversation, and we haven't really talked about the actual, you know, the time process yet. Um, I, I don't want to, you know demean what you've written and have you just race through it but what final thoughts do you have to share with our listeners many of whom are either facing this season in life themselves or maybe they've got parents who are facing it and you want to uh, uh, like my my younger daughter's a uh, in a biokinesiology she's working on a doctorate in that area right now and and when the first time she saw my parents when they were in their assisted living facility she looked at me as we were walking out and she smiled she said boy grandma and grandpa have just entered the stadium at the end of the marathon." That's perfect. And they're just starting to run around the track, and you can hear the people cheering. And we don't know how long it's going to take for them to finish that lap, that's but perfect. this is where they are. And I thought, oh, that's a good way to describe
2: oh, it. Oh, that's perfect. I tell the story of Dr. Ed Heinson, mm-hmm. who taught at Liberty for many, many years, good friend of our family. And the story, his daughter at, at his funeral told the story about the whole family gathered at the hospital in the room where he was dying, and they realized he was dying, and they cheered uh, they sang hymns and stuff. Yeah, when he actually stepped into heaven, the last thing he heard was his family cheering like crazy, like he's crossing the finish line. Oh, perfect a great story. Perfect it's a great yes. story. Yes. yes, it is. What well, I would, I would just leave you with two words: be ready. Mm. Be ready. Whatever mm-hmm. that means, whatever that means for you, this don't let this sneak up on you. Be ready. I love
0: it. I love it. This is powerful and it's, it's, it's essential. And I know we're going to have a feeding frenzy for people after we say goodbye here who are calling and saying, I want to get this book. We're going to put the link up at com Again, Robert Wolgamuth, finish line, dispelling fear, finding peace and preparing for the end of your life. Robert, where do we find you on social media online? What, what, what are we linking? Yeah, robertwolgamuth.com,
2: uh, one word, robertwolgamuth.com. Okay, we'll put that up there, and you can find
0: about all things about Robert, awesome. his lovely wife, Nancy, the legacy of his wife, Bobby, and and this great new resource. Robert, you're going to help so many people with this, and I'm so grateful you, that Roger. you took the time to write it. Thanks for being
2: with us today. Thank you. I love you, friend.
0: What a powerful discussion. And, Bob, love you too, brother. Thank you so much for uh, being with us today here. The book is called Finish Line, Dispelling Fear, Finding Peace, and Preparing for the End of Your Life by Robert Wolgamuth. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And since it's everyone Wednesday, we have not one, not two, but three copies of this book that we're giving away right now. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line again. Finish Line by Robert Wolgamuth dispelling fear and finding peace and preparing for the end of your life 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 the number to get you through to the bottom line three copies of this book to give away here on every one Wednesday on the other side of this break I want to reflect on something Robert said in light of some a question that was asked to me or asked of me just a little over 5 years ago and it was a real game changer for me. I think it will be for you as well. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives.
3: The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Call
0: 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. My thanks again to Robert Wolgamuth, a colleague of mine with Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk and the author of a great new book called Finish Line, Dispelling Fear, Finding Peace, and Preparing for the End of Your Life. There's a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com, and we have three copies of this book to give away here on this Everyone Wednesday. If you know someone who is nearing the end of life, if maybe you have a, uh, uh, maybe there's somebody who does have, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe it's you who's nearing the end of your life. Uh, as Robert said, 100% Rate of uh, success in ending life here on earth. I mean, it's going to end at some point. question is, where are you going to stay? 800 227 5278. 800 227 5278. 800 227 5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Here's that question I was talking about earlier. It was the Sunday afternoon before the early Monday morning I was going in for my open heart surgery. So this would be March 11, 2018. I was at a local. Uh, big box store uh doing some shopping getting a few last minute things squared away before i went in for surgery and i came uh ran into a couple uh nice uh, ray and lisa ludwig wonderful people um lisa had battled cancer and, and uh, wound up costing her her first marriage and she and ray had uh joined together in matrimony and uh, had a lo- daughter rachel who was wonderful and lisa had known what it was like to face this type of stuff and she gave me a hug she goes how you doing and i said good and then she asked me the question she said roger are you ready to die And I I didn't even hesitate. I said, absolutely, absolutely. I said, Lisa, I know tomorrow they're going to administer anesthesia to me and my body will, you know, at some point during the surgery be dead for what, 15, 20 minutes as they stop my heartbeat, do the repair on my heart and then they'll fire up the engines again if everything goes well and the new valve works and the replacement ascending aorta uh, works properly. I'll be back in the pulpit in no time. And she just smiled and she said, good because everyone needs to be prepared. And I, I couldn't agree more. And this is more than just having your affairs in order for those who you leave behind. This is more than just saying, I've got enough life insurance, you know, I, I, everything is okay. It really is a question of saying, are you prepared? Have you thought about what eternal life looks like? Have you been living the kind of life that demonstrates to other people that you're abiding in Christ? When you have, like Robert was talking about, the family where dad was about ready to cross the finish line, and that's what it is, crossing the finish line into the arms of our Savior, hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. Sure, we'll shed some tears because we'll miss them until we're reunited in heaven. But you can cheer. You can clap. You can say, yay, I'm so privileged to have run this part of the race with you. That is the good news, and that's the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, we've got Rabbi Schneider and Discovering the Jewish Jesus coming up next. For those who remain on the network, an interesting look at a road rage shooting right here in Costa Mesa that begs the question, what can you possibly do to prevent something like this from happening and why it's important to have a good personal injury attorney involved in your case? We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues welcome back to this everyone wednesday here on the bottom line show i'm roger marsh still taking your calls at 800-227-5278 for those three copies of robert wolgamuth's outstanding book called finish line dispelling fear finding peace and preparing for the end of your life three copies of that book we're giving away today and of course it's everyone wednesday so everybody calls is going to win something 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, interesting story here in right here in our own hometown, Costa Mesa. Um, you remember the this happened a year or so ago on Thanksgiving Day. A guy by the name of Lee Walker uh, was basically, he was driving in a car. Um, there were a group of uh, uh, people. They were all friends and cousins. There was a road raid dispute. And trust me, when someone cuts you off and you're in the heat of driving sometimes, I have more than once had my lovely wife gently but firmly squeeze my hand and say, baby, (laughs) it's not not worth it, baby. I mean, it really does set something off sometimes. Well, uh, Lee Walker, apparently, uh, they were on the 55, and then they made their way to uh, Bay Avenue or Bay Street, rather. And um, Lucas Rivera Velasco of Costa Mesa was shot and killed, allegedly, by Lee Walker, over a dispute that started with road rage. Um, Mr. Walker, apparently, uh, 42 years of age, jumped out of his pickup truck and opened fire on this car, even though his girlfriend and their four-year-old son were in the truck watching. Uh, it's just, it's awful uh, to, to think this kind of thing happened. But now we begin to, uh, uh, <laughs> it's interesting too. The saddest thing about this is, Walker and his girlfriend were literally, they were looking for a place to eat. They were hoping that there might be a uh, McDonald's or something like that open on Thanksgiving. Uh, Quite frankly, their son wanted chicken nuggets instead of turkey for dinner. And so they went out looking for one. They went to a couple of different McDonald's restaurants that were closed. When they finally got to the third one, it was closed as well. At the time though, that's when uh, the victim of the shooting. Uh, was dropping off uh uh, they left a mexican restaurant around 6 30 p.m they were dropping some friends off um the 2003 chevy silverado they were in clipped mr walker's 2021 chevy silverado and the side view mirror snapped out of place before it popped back into place as designed the group were laughing and having a good time and you know in, in all honesty I've been in accidents. You have too. You ever seen, I was driving down the road the other day. This poor guy, his rear view mirror, you know, because they're all attached now electronic for the electronic devices and the you know, adjustments and everything. It was hanging by the wires off the side of the car door, right? I've seen them where my, my son got into an accident. He came home from uh, being out on a date one night. This is years ago. And he had this black Kia Optima that had all this blue tape around the, the, the rear view mirror. So what happened? He goes, nothing, nothing. Turned out he had been involved in a little bender like this. Well, these two trucks got a little too close, and the older Chevy Suburb, Silverado wound up clipping the other Silverado. Uh, basically, they went side to side; they went rearview mirror to rearview mirror, according to court reports. And quite frankly, it set Mr. Walker off. He was just—he was frustrated. His son was complaining, "Why aren't there no chicken nuggets on Thanksgiving?" And next thing you know, you know, we see this all happen. Well, um, the the guys in the truck didn't speak any English. And so he got out of the car and he his truck, and he kind of pounded on the window, and they looked at him and said, what are you so upset? They just kept going. So then Denise Segura, who is Mr. Walker's girlfriend, uh, said the whole time she said, look, stop. Look, I got a picture of it. I got the license plate. We can report it, but to no avail. Um, it's interesting too, because the guys in the other Silverado didn't think it was that big a deal, right? They bumped side rear view mirrors and, um, one pop, you know, they, they were bounced back. I mean, if the newer cars have that technology, well, he, uh, he was heading, uh, Mr. Walker decided he was going to take, uh, they were going to go back to her parents' house and he found him. And, uh, basically that was the deal. <laughs> the road rage shooting, and it wound up leaving a man dead. Uh, Brothers and sisters, it's never worth it. It is never worth it. It's just, it's a lane change. It's whatever. If you do get involved in an accident, there is no question that you need to, you know, take a look at the degree of difficulty here. See what actually happened. And then, you know, something I'm going to say, and I can't stress this enough. If you don't have Stephanie Cover's name and number in your contacts, Then you contact stephanie i'm not going to speak for her but i can imagine if the police report said look it was basically a uh rear view mirror to rear view mirror your side mirror type things just connecting and one of them bounced in and bounced back i would be annoyed no question i would be thoroughly frustrated but if it still worked you know the decent thing to do would have been if you're the driver who was driving that close and you hit the guy stop hey are you guys okay you know i just want to make sure hey happy thanksgiving whatever because it was on thanksgiving day but in this case these guys were having a good time they you know listened to some music and they didn't think it was a problem okay i'm not going to go any further on that one but if you do think you're involved in an accident that you need some assistance with and it's on the road you call the police you pull over to the side call the police and you call stephanie cover at cover law and she is wonderful at taking a listen to you. Know, show, tell me what happened uh, give me pictures if you've got them this that and the other thing and then she can provide an excellent assessment as to what happened i'm amazed at the number of bottom line listeners i just heard from one last weekend as a matter of fact who get involved in an accident they don't think it's that big a deal then they contact stephanie and what happens they find out it was a much bigger deal than they thought She could give you that kind of assessment. And trust me, the minute the accident happens, the clock starts ticking. You've got to go see a doctor. You've got to make sure there's a police report that's filed. Uh, I I was talking to a member of my extended family who was involved in an accident recently. And they said that when they were involved in a roadway collision, that the police told them it would take a month to get the police report. Well, that's crazy. I mean, who would wait that long? I can't stress it enough. I'm not a Sue happy guy. And I know Stephanie's not in a huge hurry to rush to court every time somebody has a case. But the laws have become so complex and the world has become the world to the point where if you are involved in a slip and fall in a dog bite, for crying out loud, you're out walking the dog and uh, somebody else is out there with their dog and you get bit by their dog. Those are things you have to file police reports on. I didn't know that until I started asking those kinds of questions to Stephanie Cover. And so I encourage you to make sure you have her name and number in your contacts. It's Stephanie with an F, Cover as in cover, 877 214 4935. Or you can go to caprightradio.com. Forward slash cover law and get the ball rolling there. As we continue, Stephanie's going to join me to talk about personal injury law, talk about why it's so important for us as Christians to not necessarily say, well, I don't want to gouge anybody in a case. That's not what this is about. There's actually a very solid biblical reason why we need to engage a personal injury attorney like Stephanie when there's an accident. And we'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You know, I'll never forget the moment I met my grandson, Isaac. It actually wasn't in the delivery room. That was the first time I held him. But... The first time I actually met Isaac was when I went with his mother to her ultrasound appointment, and the ultrasound technician showed us a picture of that eight-week-old baby in the womb. Uh, You know, I encourage you to contact Preborn right now and make a donation to provide that same experience for another family. Maybe there's someone in your family who's expecting a child right now. They've had the ultrasound. You've seen the picture. You've heard the heartbeat, and you think, wow, how can I bless someone else? Studies show that 83% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and see that ultrasound Either choose to become mothers and raise the children on their own, or release the child for adoption. It cuts the risk, of, it cuts the rate of abortion dramatically. But your donations are necessary right now to get more ultrasound machines into preborn health clinics. Give a gift online when you go to kbrightradio.com and click the banner that says "Preborn." Cute little baby there, wrapped up in a blanket. Or give a gift over the phone. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, that's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn, make a donation. Every ultrasound machine could do 250 ultrasounds per year, so give a gift right now. Special guest joining me in studio today here on The Bottom Line, Stephanie Cover, the only personal injury attorney I'll ever recommend here on the program. Stephanie with an F, Cover as in cover, 877-214-4935. If you don't have her name and number in your contacts, the question I have is why? Or why not? I don't know what the proper English is on that. But, Stephanie, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show.
4: Thank you very much for having me, Roger. You know,
0: it's interesting when people talk about personal injury law because oftentimes they'll say, okay, well, you know, here's the deal. I mean, I I was involved in an accident or something happened at work and whatever. But I didn't think I needed a personal injury attorney because I didn't really think I was hurt. I was injured, you know, and that type of thing. How do you determine? I mean, I I see this happen. I've seen the sign. We were talking about this as we walked in the studio today. I've seen the sign that says you're driving on the road. If you were involved in an accident and there was no injury, just pull to the side, exchange information, and keep going. And my first thought was, how do you know? I mean, or how do you know if you are or are not injured? Talk about why it's important to contact you first when you're involved in any kind of accident, whether it's a car accident, slip and fall, dog bite, whatever the heck it is. Because you never know the extent of the injury, and you don't know what the legal ramifications are.
4: Right. You don't know your rights. Mm. And the other side will take advantage of your rights. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to get a foundation when you start to have a relationship to establish that you know what's going on. And you can't really do that by yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had someone that recently called me and was going to retain me. And then her girlfriend said, no, it's not necessary. The other person has insurance. Actually, sent her an email said so I believe that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. Anyways, she ended up calling me saying she had nightmares all night because the other side was trying to do this and this and this and this and this, and, this, and she didn't know what to do.
0: hmm Well, what she should have done, I mean, first and foremost, and I say this, I mean, as a satisfied customer. Now, here's the thing <laughs> with me with Cover Law, I have never actually had to retain Stephanie Cover to do any law for me. But the counsel that you've given me as to whether or not I needed it was so invaluable. We're coming up on five years ago that I got sideswiped on my way to church in an accident that you said was kind of a perfect storm. A Christian guy gets hit by another Christian guy, on one's on his way out of the church parking lot, another one's on his way to church. Police officers just happened to be at coffee bean right across the way. I mean, everything went perfect in my case. We both had the same insurance company. Everything got settled within a couple of weeks. I mean, it was just, but that is so rare when that happens. And I just got a chill thinking about this woman having nightmares. Saying, "Wait, I was gonna call Stephanie Culver. I did contact her. And one of my girlfriends said those dreaded words that you and I have come to loathe, which is the other party has insurance. Right. So what? I mean, that's kind of, <laughs> I mean, what what do, what good does that do? Because the insurance company has attorneys. The insurance company has shareholders, and they don't want to pay you.
4: The Representatives are trained and they know what they can and can't do, and they're not going to educate you.
0: And you know that firsthand, Stephanie Cover, because you used to be that person (laughs) not in the dastardly type of sense, but you worked for the insurance company, you know how the game's played.
4: Definitely, because I remember when I would ask for money, I would write the story and I would tell the truth. But my boss would pull me on the side and goes, what really happened? (laughs) And I mean, I always told the truth, but I wanted to make sure that the insurance company was fair with them. Mm -hmm. And I already knew where their perspective was Mm -hmm. and where they were coming from. So I had to word things so that they were forced to pay.
0: Is that part of the reason you left? Yes. Yes. I can see it in your eyes. Stephanie Covers with me today here on The Bottom Line. Former attorney to insurance companies working on personal injury claims and now in private practice as a personal injury attorney, one of the longest running tenured <laughs> law firms for personal injury law in the Southland. 877 214 4935, Stephanie with an F, Covers and Cover, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Cover Law and you can fill out that information sheet. So back to your your uh, the, the woman that contacted you and thought, okay, well, the other party has insurance. And since they have insurance, their insurance company is going to take care of it because they were responsible. There's no concern for your client or a potential client about her injury, about her damage, about anything. And these things, it's one of those hurry up and wait things, isn't it? You've got to jump on it the minute it happens and know that you've got to be in it for the long haul. And how many times have I heard you sit across the table from me here in the studio and tell me this? They tell you to go to the doctor, go to the doctor. They tell you to fill out the form, fill out the form. That stuff is crucial in a case like this.
4: It is because the law says the person who's injured has to prove their case. Mm -hmm. And to say, oh, I'm going to pray on it and try to feel better, I always pray all the time. But that doesn't stop me from going to a doctor because the Lord uses doctors. Right, right. And um, people sometimes say, well, I I don't know if I need you. Some guidelines for an auto accident is – What type of damage is to your vehicle? What type of damage is to the other vehicle? Um, How did the impact feel to you? Did your body move in the vehicle? Mm -hmm. Did your body strike anything in the vehicle? Did you have a purse on the seat or something that fell or, or, you know, objects like that? Was a vehicle that hits you have a load of object which would give it more weight, which would potentially cause uh, more injuries because of the momentum? Um, You also have to look at... Um, well, how is my health? Mm-hmm. Did I have prior health problems? Mm-hmm. You know, could this trigger something that I had in the past? How do I feel right now and if a lot of times if people are numb and because they're shook up, which is very understandable, sure. they may not fully understand it, but within that day, you start feeling that pain, and mm-hmm. then you know. Mm-hmm. So you don't ignore the pain, but if you feel like you can ride your bicycle 150 miles, then you're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good rule of thumb talking with
0: Stephanie Cover here at Studio Today here on The Bottom Line about personal injury law when you need a personal injury attorney. And the short answer is, Always. If you have any kind of slip and fall, we mentioned the dog bite. I mean, some people might think that's kind of a joke, but dog bites are a real deal. I mean, in terms of the amount of damage, I was reading about a a family in Texas, I think it was, who had, there was a little boy who was trying to protect his younger sibling from, uh, uh, they were out playing with the dog and a pack of uh, dogs came up and he was trying to protect the younger sibling and the kid's face is all swollen. I mean, he just got, really got the short end of that deal. And any one of those dog owners would be responsible, right? I mean, in a case like that?
4: Yeah, definitely. When there's a dog bite, it's very important to make a police report.
0: A police report, really? Okay, now talk, to, uh, unpack that because <laughs> I'm always intrigued with the, you know, back to my earlier thing, hey, you got hit in the accident and nobody got hurt. There's no police report. And I, my question is always, how do you know you didn't get hurt? A police report for a dog bite, talk about why that's important.
4: Well, because they have to track the dog, Mm. Did the dog have prior bites? Does the dog have a prior propensity? Does the dog have rabies? Mm -hmm. And animal control will take the dog and quarantine it for 10 days. And if there is no police report, there is no identification of the party who owns the dog. And the homeowner's insurance policy covers dog bites.
0: Even if it doesn't happen at home? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Okay. Well, see, another reason why you, I wouldn't have known that. I would thought if I'm out walking my dog and another dog shows up and bites my hand or something like that, but we're at the park, I wouldn't think my homeowner's insurance No, No,
4: it's not your insurance, it's their insurance. Okay. It's the person who owned the dog's insurance. Interesting. Um, That's a covered loss. Now, some insurance policies, you have to be careful, exclude dogs. Okay. Um, Not many, but some do. But you definitely need to make a police report right away Um, because usually if you have a dog bite, you know, the arm is bleeding or the leg or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've even had people who had a dog bite their lip. Ow. Ow. A little girl. (laughs) No, That's awful. Yeah, and you you just, you know, the owner is emotional, but the owner at the same time doesn't want to own a dog that has a propensity of biting other people because— they're not very comfortable and they're not very relaxed about it. Mm. So um, it, it's a it's a must. It's a necessity. Mm. In, and what I would do is I would um, call, if you're not home, I would call the police where you're at. If you're at your next-door neighbors and they're a little stressing, you can go next door to your house and let them know it was next door, whether it was you or your child mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that. Um I've seen most people are uh, concerned. There are some people that say they antagonize my dog, but people really, when you come down to it, do not antagonize a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, a
0: dog that's going to bite is going to bite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it very seldom is a well-behaved, domesticated, lives at home dog going to go out there and say, "Ooh, there's Roger. I don't like his <laughs> politics and <laughs> bite me in the leg." They're just not. That's just not going to happen. Right. Yeah.
4: Right, yeah. so it's it's really important for not even only for yourself but for the homeowner, and just think of future people mm-hmm. it, it might be a child, yeah, you never know, so it's it's really important, and I think that's kind of a, a duty as a Christian to yes. do that, yes. yes, you know, whether you're fine or not, which I've never heard anyone not being not injured when there's a dog bite, mm-hmm. because there're at least some people go through emotional things. Mm-hmm. Where they don't want to be around animals or certain type of animals, and you don't even realize that at first. But the first thing to do definitely is to always make the police report.
0: Yeah, police reports are essential, and and in addition to making that police report, you need to call Stephanie Cover, mm-hmm. and I mean that sincerely because I'm thinking as a grandparent, if one of my grandkids were over, and we were out walking around, and we've got a dog, and we took Jaxie out for a little walk, mm-hmm. and another dog came up, and and you know the owners are saying, you know this. Strikes drives my wife nuts. Oh, go ahead and pet my dog. It's okay. We're like, no, we don't want to pet your dog. We don't, we don't care. We don't know where the dog's been. We don't. But, you know, sometimes you kind of put your hand down and make it look like it. And sometimes the dog's a little playful, and sometimes the dog might come up and bite a little hand. Right. And I don't want anything happening to Zipporah or Isaac or Nazareth or anything like that. They're all under five, and we don't want anything bad happening to them. Right. I want to make sure, okay, so I'm filing a police report. Yes. It doesn't mean I hate the person whose dog right. bit me, and just I'm filing a police report and I'm calling Stephanie Cover because there's ch- probably something in the dog owner's homeowner's insurance policy that will cover this. And and, it, and the injury is gonna be pretty intense.
4: And I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt. No. You need to go to the urgent care. Yes. Because every time I I have I've had a case with a dog bite, it is routine for the urgent care to give you a tetanus shot. Um, just mm-hmm. to make sure you don't get any type of illness or infection. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a way of protecting yourself and your body, which is a temple of the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen, amen, amen. And we have an obligation before yes. God to take care of our bodies. Yes. And I have learned that from Stephanie Cover. Because yes. I am that guy who grew up in that home that said, Take a couple of Advil and keep pressing through. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you've got a nine-inch scar in your chest because your heart needs sc- And now it's like, absolutely, Lisa and I were just having this conversation this morning about going for walks and staying, you know, healthy for God, for our kids, for our grandkids, yeah. and for the people that we interact with. So well, Stephanie, the time always flies by when we're talking about Stephanie Cover and personal injury law. Cover Law is the law firm that I recommend. Stephanie handles personal injury. Jim handles contract. They're wonderful people. 877-214-4935. Make sure you've got that name in your contacts. If it's easier, go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Cover Law. You can fill out the forms there and kind of get the ball rolling in terms of I think I might have a case. Stephanie's office will follow up with you. But don't try to do personal injury law on your own. I mean, this is if I were putting that in Instagram or whatever, it would be. Don't period, try period to do that It all caps. It, it's, it's too important.
4: One thing I want to say is that most people don't realize it's the most litigious area of civil law.
0: Mm, interesting.
4: Because I think a lot of people think, oh, this is easy. I'm going to do it. And then they get themselves way in trouble.
0: Yeah. So you think, okay. I got this, their insurance company's gonna handle it, no big deal, and next thing you know, they've hired an attorney, they're taking you to court, and now you're sitting on your hands going, what do I do? The best advocate you can have is a good personal injury attorney who understands your faith and understands the law, and Stephanie Cover is the perfect match of that. <laughs> uh, Stephanie Cover, thank you so much for being with us today here on the program. Always great to spend time with you here in the studio.
4: Thank you. Appreciate it, Roger.
0: Well, really appreciate uh, always the time that we can get with Stephanie Cover and, of course, her husband, Jim Cover, both great attorneys. Stephanie does personal injury law and Jim does contract law. And I encourage you to make sure you have the Cover's name and number in your contacts. It's Stephanie with an F, Cover as in cover, 877 214 4935 seven two one four forty nine thirty five or get the ball rolling when you go to caprightradio.com forward slash covert law. Some final thoughts in just a moment as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives.
3: The last 12 months there has been almost 1.7 trillion invested in investment grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility
0: Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. My thanks again to Stephanie Cover, the only personal injury attorney I'll ever recommend. Stephanie with an F, Cover is in cover, 877-214-4935, or go to capebrightradio.com. And I know who else endorses Stephanie for sure is Dennis Wilson, Wilson Financial. Uh, Stephanie has stood with the Wilson family on a couple of cases as well. You know, this is the, the world that we live in is the reason you need why you need a personal injury attorney. And it works really, really very simple. It's something Martin Luther used to call the two kingdoms, right? You've got, you know, they, they will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is the kingdom of heaven, you know, and, and God's on the throne and Jesus Christ is sitting at his right hand. That's perfect, that's the rule and reign that we can't wait for. But in the meantime, we live on earth and we are citizens of heaven, but we're residents of earth. And God in his mercy has given us a temporal uh, set of justice and laws. One of the things that we love about the American experiment is that it was the first government that we know of in human history that ever said we are going to acknowledge the fact that the laws that we have, the rules that govern the way we live, are given to us by God and not by the government or not by the monarchy. And that was a huge ordeal. Now, understanding, of course, you can see where a lot of laws get passed that aren't of God. The founders tried to do their level best to frame the law in such a way that the Constitution and Declaration, etc., that we would actually be following God's law. Of course, we didn't do a great job with that, the whole slavery thing and women not voting and that type of thing. We've done some good course corrections over the course of time. But brothers and sisters, we live in a sinful fallen world that is filled with sinful fallen people. And the difference between us as Christians and the world as unbelievers is that we are sinners who have been saved. Our sins have been forgiven by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It doesn't make us any less sinner, but it also makes us sinner and saint. In the world, you find people who are just sinners. They don't care about sainthood. They don't care about sanctification. They just care, let's change the laws to make it legal that I get to do what I want to and I don't care if it hurts you. Whereas a good godly law would be what's fair for everyone. God gives us temporal government and laws and this, that, and the other thing here in this world so we don't kill each other because left to our own devices, we would. But if you fall, If you get hurt if you get bit by a dog if you get in a car crash you need a personal injury attorney i recommend stephanie cover because the laws are written in such a way that the big guys benefit and oftentimes we the consumers are on the short end of the stick stephanie knows how the law works but isn't it great to know the law but also know the law of god and have the love of god in your heart We know that the world is corrupt, and short of the Lord's return, it's not going to be redeemed just yet, but he is in the process of redeeming, and it means that the godly are being shown to be more godly, but it also means the worldly are being shown to be more sinful. This is the world to which we are to go into and preach the good news. That's the bottom line.